Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you. I'll be honest with you, I'm having a tough time getting going today. That's why I'm a little bit later getting the show done, even though I've been up most of the morning. I've uh, spent a lot of time doing a little research for the show and and, uh, looking at the SEC weekend and staring at my phone you know it's one of those deals to um it's almost a shame that uh, we spend so much time glued to our phones and i'm not going to editorialize the whole show so please don't you know allow me a little indulgence here but it's like there's so many times that i spend my time looking at that lower box you know just like seeing if i've got a message or there's always something going on there's always something and uh just so you guys know about Stark Villains before we get too deep into the show, uh, I got a mock-up of the cover, uh, a couple of things uh, over the weekend, and so I have uh, asked for a few changes, and uh, we'll have that soon. 
probably this week. And then I will uh, finish up some things this week. That's my, I'm committing that since I don't have uh, road baseball this weekend, I don't. David Murray will cover uh, the Mississippi State on Miss series. I've got some uh, things to do back home in Columbia Miss for Mother's Day weekend as well. So, But all that said, uh, we'll have that for you this week. And so be looking for that. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and you darn well should be, go to StarkVillains.com. And go order those shirts. It's T-shirt time. You know what I'm saying? It's T-shirt weather now. Go ahead and outfit yourself with some new shirts. And I promise you, once you read this book, you are going to want to identify as a Stark villain because we are a uh, fly in the uh, in the ointment, so to speak, for some other folks. But I'm excited. I'm excited to get that done. And then uh, book number three, which is the project for 2020, uh, is going to be the book of personal recovery. It's a, a book about uh, you know you know some things I've learned along the way and. And uh, coming up on uh, goodness, I guess if I if I make it to December tenth, I guess it'll be 28 years, 28 years clean and sober. And so I'll, I'll have that for you. Just some things I've learned along the way, and kind of how it all came to be. And so uh, looking forward to that. Matter of fact, uh, my heart is already there. You know, it's already working on that project. And so we'll have that for you. I want to thank our fine sponsors. Campus Bookmart, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, who kind of runs the show down there, kind of stirs the drink. She's the straw that makes it all happen. Go by, see them. They will treat you like family because in their eyes, you are family. If you come in those doors looking for maroon and white merchandise, they can help you. They have the latest and greatest information about Mississippi State, memorabilia, clothing. They've got it all. Go down there, check them out. If you can't make it to town, perhaps game day is a difficult shopping day for you. Please visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. Use promo code BSR and save free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So let's go ahead and get into it. Mississippi State takes the series at Texas A&M. Not a huge surprise. I really I expected State to win the series. We had a chance to sweep. We didn't close the deal. And here's the thing about that. I thought about this on the way home. The difference between Mississippi State winning the SEC and then finishing in the top two or three is going to be games like we had in game one on Saturday. You know, you think about us giving away that middle game. We gave away that, 30, that game against Florida. We gave away that middle game at Tennessee. We didn't pull through and win that game of day. And listen, it's difficult to sweep anywhere, home or away. But we had some opportunities, had some real opportunities to post some road sweeps. And that's the difference between winning the SEC and then and just being a great team. Now, Mississippi State really, really in a uh, running out of games. Okay, we're having a great year, but chances are we're not going to catch Vanderbilt. And uh, Vanderbilt picked by many to win the league, and I suspect they will now because – there's just nothing between them and uh, and putting this thing away. State that that series at Arkansas will be the difference for Mississippi State too. We we really blew it going out there, you know, and playing as poorly as we did. But that's part of the deal, okay? That that's just part of it. You know, the road is a tough place to play, as we saw this weekend. And and uh, this was my first time covering baseball at a And I I went there and watched Mississippi State win a regional there back in the nine late nineties to advance to, uh, to Oklahoma in the College World Series, Omaha, pardon me, College World Series. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, it was a different deal. And uh, for those of you that haven't been to A&M, it, Blue Hill Park is really nice. But it is not in the same league as 
Dirty Noble Field and Bomb Stadium at Arkansas. It's it's not it's close. You know, I, I would say, you know, based on my travels, I would put it, you know, behind Alex Box. You know, Alex Box has those um, high school bleachers out there, you know, in the outfield and all that sort of stuff. And so you, that that's that's kind of okay. But, um, you know, Bluebell, they've kind of let that thing get old on the interior. And those concourses are, you know, kind of what you'd expect to see, you know, at like a high school football stadium. It's just not, it's not very detailed out or luxurious. I'm not saying they need to go scrap the whole thing, but there are some updating they can do. But it is a nice venue. They also put a really nice atmosphere together, that, that, that area called Section 203, which is the upper deck right along uh, the first base line there, and it, which is right behind the Mississippi State dugout, Visitor's dugout. Uh, they're, they're a very active group up there, and uh, they they put their chants together, they cheer for your pitchers, and you probably saw Jake Mangum tweet out thanking the uh, student section and, and it was more than just students up there they had a lot of people that kind of joined in and was part of that whole deal but um, they do what they can to uh, to distract your pitchers I got no problem with any of that it's one of the things that makes the game, the game great it uh, should be an enjoyable experience everybody shouldn't be sitting on their hands but uh, it is annoying I will tell you that for somebody that was there uh, very, very annoying, and like every, they would clap and clap, and they'd chant Ethan, and I'm sure you guys heard some of that on television, but it was just, uh, it was an annoyance, and um, that's part of the deal. You know, it's like, and I always feel so silly when I say, hey, this is annoying, because we, we ring cowbells at football games, and I'm certainly not being critical of that, but uh, those are things that happen that give people a home field advantage. I still believe you know, based on what I've heard from you know, players and seen in person, that Arkansas is the toughest place to play right now. I mean, that that was a very, very difficult environment. Mississippi State didn't play well. I really thought they got to us a little bit. I mean, I, and I think because of what happened at Arkansas, Mississippi State was prepared to play uh, at A&M. And I don't think it really bothered them. And uh, I really think that Ethan Small kind of worked his way through all of that without a lot of trouble. You know, we get into Saturday and we have those two sevens. And let me go ahead and, and say this because this seems to, there seems to be a lot of uh, question about this. So here's how this deal works. Everybody says, why can't we play on Sunday? Okay, so when the series starts on Thursday, th- th- there's a clock that starts. You have to play your three games in three days. That Those are the rules. And one of the main reasons why is because of the fact there are travel restrictions that are in place. And so some would argue, well, Steve, we're out of school now. That's true. But you have to have a uniform policy that runs throughout the conference slate because it would be unfair to say you have to cancel a game in March because of travel restrictions, and then you could play other games later in the year. So there is a protocol that is set up three games in three days. When you get to the getaway day, which is day three, and getaway means the travel day, you have to play two sevens. You could play two nines on Friday. You can play two nines on Saturday, assuming that that's day one and two. But when you get to, to day three, you you can only play two sevens because they're not going to start a game they don't finish. So that's the whole point of that is we're going to have an abbreviated schedule. So I thought Mississippi State probably, if they had had a couple more innings, maybe you get that second game. JT Ginn deserved a, a better fate than he uh, than he suffered. Uh, getting tagged with a loss in a ball game that he was absolutely outstanding. And any any questions about JT Ginn's health should be alleviated. He has been money the last couple of weeks. And so I am eager to see what he does down the stretch. 
Uh, you know, he's a guy that was a, a shortstop and, and as well as a pitcher, and so he's kind of growing accustomed to being a PO, which is uh, jargon for pitcher only. So he's uh, he's working through that, but uh, he's he's doing good. And the people that I speak to that I trust close to the program tell me that uh, you know he would love to play a little bit more, love to be able to swing the bat more, love to be able to be a DH every now and again. But you also begin to run the risk of you know what I, don't, I would not want him up there taking a ball off the hand. Uh, you know, fouling a ball off or, or getting hit inside. And so that's something you consider. You don't, Do you really want to send your day two starter out there, uh, you know, and get hit? And uh, I, I don't know that I would run that risk. But uh, but all that said, he deserved better than to get, be tagged with a loss in that game. He was he was absolute money. And then Peyton Plumley. That, that's one of the, that's probably the biggest storyline of the weekend, really. Is when you begin to think about this, is that we've we've struggled to kind of find that third starter, and generally teams that find the third starter go to Omaha because everybody's kind of mixing and matching late. This time of year, you start getting guys with arm soreness and that sort of stuff, and I really believe because of the fact that State has um, has used Keegan James and Peyton Plumley in that role, and then they've moved some other people around and and uh, kind of done some Johnny Holstaff stuff. That Peyton Plumley is ready to go down the stretch. I don't think that he will be a guy that will be slowed in any way whatsoever. I think, matter of fact, he's pitching the best baseball perhaps of his Mississippi State career right now. So the pitching staff is settling at the right time. Now, Keegan James will start on Wednesday, and here's the deal, guys. When we get into a regional and that sort of stuff and we get into the postseason, we're going to need that four starter. That's just the reality of things. And so Keegan needs to get the work this Wednesday and, uh, and and we'll need him in the SEC tournament. I mean, that's just that's just a part of the deal. But the Bulldogs only used four pitchers over the weekend. And it's incredible to look at these numbers. Four pitchers, three games, we walked three hitters. Three hitters. And one of those was an absolute joke. That's the uh, Braden Shoemake take that they gave him the walk against JT Ginn, and it was a pitch right down the middle Oh, I don't know, maybe a ball above the knees. And they give him a full count walk. And he even turned and looked at the umpire. Like, he was ready to go back to the dugout because he was completely fooled on the pitch. So you had two legitimate walks. And you could probably make an argument about one of those two on a borderline pitch. But uh, but all that being said, the control this weekend was outstanding. When Mississippi State is playing well, they're throwing strikes and forcing people to hit their way on. They're pitching to contact. We didn't do that in Arkansas. We, we, I talked earlier about how I thought the crowd affected us. That's one of the reasons that I believe that we can show some evidence of that fact is the fact that we struggled so much with those strikes. I think the atmosphere and the pressure got to us at Arkansas. You recall we, we walked 16 in that second game. That was the difference in the ball game. 16. If I'm not mistaken, eight of those runners scored. We lose a 12-7 game. And that's off the top of my head. But I know that we, a lot of them scored. So we, then we walked three on the weekend, strike out 17. Eight strikeouts for Ethan Small. That's getting it done. And listen, A&M is not a lineup that scares you, okay, especially with the wind blowing in a little bit. Now, it's one of the things Rowdy Jordan and I talked about in the postgame is that uh, just something about center field out there with that wind blowing in just a little bit, everything just kind of stays up out there. And if you saw the game on television or on the app, you saw there were a lot of balls that looked good off the bat and ended up, you know, 20 feet from the warning track just because it, the ball just kind of stayed up and, kind of glided out there and I think that really helped Mississippi State on that final at bat of game three with Braden Schumacher 
comes up in the order, and I had just turned to Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball, uh, who was there to cover the Bulldogs. He's very impressed with with, your, with our team, very impressed with the pitching staff too as well. And I turned to him, and I, when when the, the nine-hole hitter was up, I said, they need to get him here. You don't want Shoemake to come to the plate with the, uh, the tying and winning run on base. You just don't, even though State kind of bottled him up most of the weekend. And lo and behold, he comes up, and, and he absolutely rips one that looks like it's in the gap. And Rowdy runs it down, but he's able to run it down because of the fact that that wind out there just kind of allowed the ball to stay up. I know some other people, I've, I've read some people on social media that said, oh, yeah, he hit it right to him. He absolutely did not hit it right to him. Rowdy had to get on his horse, and it, it made it look easy late. But off the bat, I was already swallowing hard thinking this is, this is going to be a tough loss for us. And then uh, Rowdy runs it down, and uh, it was interesting to see, hear so many people how the, the range of emotions off the bat. Everybody's hollering and screaming like crazy, and it went silent like that. Uh, it was an incredible moment. And so State wins that series, and again, I, th- I think I mentioned earlier, the first team this season to win a series at Texas A&M. Missouri split with them a 1-1-1 and deal because they tied 2-2 in that game three. Uh, so State's the first team to win in College Station uh, this year. And that's going to be big. Texas A&M has elite pitching. The Saturday guy, Ace Lacey, that pitched, that kid is going to be – he is going to be a problem in this league. He already is a problem. That He's a future Friday night guy. JT Ginn's a future Friday night guy. Watching those two guys – uh, pretty much throw zero for zero up for most of that ball game was incredible. Love good baseball. And uh, for a guy that had to drive home after a doubleheader, I was kind of happy to see that first game get over pretty quickly. But a uh, great experience, but that's behind us now. We, now we turn our full focus uh, to the next week. And uh, b- before we get into kind of looking ahead to Ole Miss, let's get into, uh, into kind of what happened over the weekend. Remind you guys, too, since we got a home game on Wednesday – Come by Bulldog Burger Company and go by and have a have a burger on your way in. A great restaurant quality hamburger. That's one of the finest things in life. Sometimes you deserve to treat yourself. Don't 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 overlook yourself. Okay, don't do it. And don't just go get fast food. When you come to Starkville, go to one of Starkville and Mississippi's best restaurants. And that's the Bulldog Burger Company. You can have more than just a burger there. You can have a salad. You can have a sweet heat chicken sandwich. A lot to choose from. Okay, and if you're a little health conscious, you can get that. Gluten-free bun, you can get it on no bun, you can get a weed bun, whatever you want. You can just pretty much have it your way. But I encourage you to go by find your favorites. Bulldog Burger Company, it's not going to be as busy right now with the students out of, out of town either. Okay, so if, if in the past you've gone, because and, and, it's a very popular place, shouldn't be as bad now. So I encourage you to go by. Some big news coming from Bulldog Burger Company here in the next few weeks, and we'll be happy to share that with you. But Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So let's look at the weekend that was. Uh, a lot of interesting things happened. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, takes two out of three on the road at A&M. Ole Miss takes two out of three at LSU. Their first series win in Baton Rouge since 1982. Uh, and that Sunday game was wild. I don't know if you saw that, but Ole Miss jumped out to, I think, a 7 nothing lead. And they were up 9-1 or 10-1. And then LSU storms back. And with two outs in the ninth, LSU goes back to back to back and score six runs. The big blow coming on a three-run bomb from Antoine DePlantis. They tied the game at 15. And then you think, I, I know I did, I thought, well, this is LSU will go ahead and win this thing. They got all the momentum back, and Ole Miss is shook up. That's not what happened. Ole Miss goes up there and puts up four runs and wins the ball game and uh, clinches the series. And they're even in the SEC standings of Mississippi State right now. 
Arkansas takes two out of three from Kentucky. And that, and that that's one of the reasons when I look at this whole deal with uh, losing that Saturday ball game to A&M, you had a chance to pick up a game, you know, with Arkansas. And then it'd be down a game with just two series left. And, and Arkansas still has some teams to play. But uh, the bottom line is we missed an opportunity there. The good thing is we didn't lose any ground. Vandy takes uh, three from South Carolina. And, again, Vandy's going to win the league, barring something totally unforeseen. South Carolina going to miss everything. That's going to be a big weekend for us because, you know, we need to go in there. We, we've got a, a lot to, to, to prove left with two weekends. And so uh, that South Carolina weekend is going to be a big one for State because I think I think we're going to be playing for that super regional deal. We're going to be playing for national seed. And so we've got to hold service weekend, but we've got to get in the next weekend. We can't play South Carolina until we play Ole Miss. But when you begin to look at how they're struggling, they're going to show up here ready to get this thing over with. Uh, Missouri takes three from Tennessee. We talked early on about how good that Tennessee series win looked in hindsight, but Missouri is coming on strong, and Missouri starting to get some pitching uh, takes all three from Tennessee. Uh, didn't see that coming, to be honest with you. I really thought Tennessee's frontline pitching would get to them, but they get to Crochet and to, to Stallings and, and win the series. Auburn takes two out of three from Alabama. Auburn's going to be a real factor in this deal late. They still got to play Georgia. Um, they're, they're a team that... Uh, with pitching can kind of figure some things out here. They're going to have some say in that top four within this league. And Mississippi State right now certainly in the top four. You want to stay there. You want to. I really think State needs to, to finish no worse than third in the SEC standings to have a real chance to, to be a top eight national seed. And that's absolutely what we want. That's the, We'd love to win the league, but the bigger picture is we need to be a top eight national seed to host the regional. And then if we advance the super regional, huge part of things. Georgia sweeps Florida. Florida's in a lot in a world of trouble here, an absolute world of trouble now. Uh, they can do no no better than 500 in the league now. Now nine and 15 with uh, with six to play after getting swept by Georgia. That's going to be an interesting deal. And everybody says, well, you know, Florida's a little bit young this year. You know, Florida has uh, some really good starters. They don't have much of a bullpen. They've got some young guys that have kind of struggled at times at the plate, but you still got Nelson Maldonado. You got some guys that can play. So it's a bit of a surprise to see them struggle the way they have. But I think the lofty expectations on them early were just too much. And, you know, talking to, to Kevin O'Sullivan back uh, when we played down in Gainesville, you know, he, he was not really surprised to see them struggle a little bit early on. But I think everybody is surprised to see them struggle this late in the year. I think we all expected those young sluggers to really kind of improve as the year goes along. And I really thought they would get it together, but it doesn't appear they're going to. So uh, that's a big part of things as we begin to kind of look forward is this RPI thing. The SEC stuff is good for State, obviously, but uh, we need some of these non-conference opponents to, to do well and uh, find a way to win some ball games and allow State's RPI to stay high. Right now, currently third, third in the RPI. So real quickly, just looking here at the RPI, UCLA currently the number one RPI in the country. Vanderbilt 2, Mississippi State 3, Arkansas 4, East Carolina 5. That's a big win for State. Uh, them still doing well. We expect them to uh, – t- they're in contention for a top eight national seed as well. And then Georgia at 6, Louisville 7, Georgia Tech 8, Texas Tech 9, Tennessee still hanging there at 10. So the fact that we don't play Missouri um, is bad in, in a couple of respects, but uh, if Tennessee had won that series, that would only help State. But you're, you're really good right there. Three RPI for state. Strength of schedule, 29 for state. Just 29. What's interesting to me, and somebody else pointed this out to me, 
if you look at some of these West Coast teams, like UC Santa Barbara is a good example. Ranked four, they're 14th right now in RPI. Their strength of schedule is 152. 152. It's ridiculous. There are a lot of people early on that said that they, you know, could play their way in, you know, to be in a top eight national seat. I don't know how that's going to happen. Stanford, Stanford, ranked number two in the country right now, right? Strength of schedule, 132. 132. That's, uh, that's not good at all. So let's take a quick look over at the, uh, the top 25, and uh, we'll, we'll move on to some other things. But uh, the top 25 comes out this morning. I, I, I trend towards D1 baseball, and I've shared with you guys before. The main reason why is because those guys get out and go see teams. And then they have a conference call, and they discuss what they've seen. Uh, I think everybody at D1 Baseball has seen Mississippi, Mississippi State this year. I know Aaron Fitt has seen them twice. Aaron saw State at the Frisco Classic and then came in for a weekend. Uh, and I know that um, Mark Etheridge was here a couple weekends ago. Kendall Rogers saw him this past weekend. So that those guys have been out. They have seen not only Mississippi State but other teams. We've also had Teddy Cahill from, from uh, Baseball America come in. It's what happens when you're winning. People come out. And so I, I, I skew more in their direction just because of the fact that I've got respect for the effort they put in covering the game. I've met most of those guys. But uh, UCLA still number one with a 37-8 and record. Stanford number two. Stan- I'm a- Stanford's not going to hold up. And it's one of those things, too, when you begin to like look at some of these teams that are kind of propped up by their regions, if State gets paired up with Stanford, like if, if we are fortunate enough to advance to Omaha, if we get paired up with Stanford on that side of the bracket, that is a win for Mississippi State because I do not think Stanford's going to hold up. Uh, Vanderbilt at three, Arkansas four, Mississippi State five. So now there are three SEC teams in the top five. There have been three Pac-12 teams in the top five for the last month or so. Oregon State drops out with an 0-4 week. They're now 31-14-1 on the season. Dropped from third down to 12, pardon me, 12. Don't have my glasses on. Uh, But uh, the Mississippi State matchup with, uh, with Ole Miss it's going to be a battle of uh, top 15 teams because Ole Miss is up to number 11. So a lot of teams there, a lot of room to kind of grow and kind of pad the resume here. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, I mentioned, will be playing Memphis on Wednesday, and then we'll get ready to head to Oxford uh, for the, uh, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. And so here's the, here's the skinny on Ole Miss, okay? The first thing that I will tell you is they are a very resilient bunch. They're also a very inconsistent bunch. But every time that you think that they're dead and buried, they, they get second life. And uh, that's the mark of a good team and the mark of a good coaching staff. And quite frankly, I, I don't buy any of this uh, Mike Bianco fatigue that many of those people have. And listen, I, I get it. You know, they've only been to Omaha one time uh, since 1972. I, I understand it. So as good as that almost baseball program has been, because and the people try to – talk about Jay Gibbs and all that. Listen, I'm sure he was a great hero, but Mike Bianco is Ole Miss baseball. He has built that program into a annual conference contender type deal. They choke in the postseason. There's no, no, I won't disagree there. But the bottom line is, is that they're going to be ready to play. They all, Bianco also understands uh, what this series means uh, to the, his fan base as well as, as our fan base. It is an, it's a huge deal. And the last time we were up there, we swept them. I don't know if you remember that, but we did. We went up there and swept them. Won game one on the uh, 
walk-off strikeout, if you recall, where uh, Cole Gordon strikes out and, and uh, we advance the runner and everybody's safe because the ball gets loose. But uh, the bottom line is, State swept last time they were up there. So you know, they're going to have plenty of incentive, and not to mention State made them look pretty pedestrian at the Governor's Trophy game uh, here a couple weeks ago. We kind of have a good idea of, uh, of how to pitch them. I think we kind of know and everybody's got holes in their swing. Nobody's got a perfect strike zone. But I think we kind of have a pretty good idea how to handle them. And uh, LSU simply ran out of arms yesterday. And, and, Ole, and Ole Miss made them pay for it. And that's the mark of a good team. And Ole Miss is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a good team. Because great teams don't lose in North Alabama. And that's the kind of the reality. And I think that's the, that's the roller coaster. That's been the train ride that Ole Miss fans have been on this year. Is you take two out of three from Arkansas. And then you lose you know, to somebody like North Alabama. You know, it's like there's just been so much of that. There's never been an even kill, and it seems like they're always so up and down. But just when you think they're dead and buried, they go down there and they, they take the series from, from LSU. And this is a bunch that lost the series to Kentucky. And so, again, there's that all that inconsistency, but they will be ready to go. They will be primed and prepared. It's going to be a huge crowd. It'll be a great weekend. There will be a lot of Bulldogs up there, too. So it won't be like a typical road game, but it's going to be a difficult place to go up there and play. Now, one of the things I think that really helps Mississippi State is that Ole Miss has really struggled with left-handers. Really struggled with left-handers. They found some success against A&M because they were able to run some counts up. And it's one of the things that, I, that I'll tell you that I've noticed about A&M is that uh, they will walk you. If you're patient, they will try to get you to swing at some balls out of the zone to try to get you to get yourself out, and they will walk you. Uh, Ethan Small doesn't do that. As I mentioned earlier, Mississippi State just three walks on the weekend. So... Ethan up there pounding the strike zone, uh, near double-digit strikeouts every single start. Mississippi State has to win that first game. You have to win that first game. And uh, they've already seen Peyton Plumley, you know, so they'll – and they didn't do well against him. But they'll have some tape. You know, they'll know how he pitches. And one of the things about Peyton that I'll tell you is that when he is able to get that sinker working – He's going to get under barrels, and you're going to beat the ball on the ground. That that that's his game plan. He he's not going to get a ton of strikeouts. That's not his game. And he was so efficient with his pitches on on the, on Saturday. I mean, it's like he comes into that final ending, and, and you would think he wouldn't be fatigued, but at the same time, you got to think about what he did last week. It's only natural to think that he would be a little somewhat uh, shaken up, and he'll get an extra day's rest this week. But I'm eager to see him again against Ole Miss. I I. I a lot of confidence in Peyton right now. I think he is—he is—he's the storyline right now. This team always has a new hero that steps up, and uh, Peyton has done that. You know what you're going to get out of JT again, and him being a Mississippi guy, you know that he is going to be ready to go this weekend. So, uh, real quickly here, let's take a look at kind of who's hot. I'll just run down the numbers here, and you can make your own decisions about how things are going. Okay, uh, Jake Mangum five for ten on the weekend. Jordan Westberg was 0 for 10 on the weekend. Tanner Allen, 1 for 9. Elijah McNamee, 1 for 9. And his 1 was big, led to a, led to a run, great hit and run execution there from him. Justin Voskey, 4 of 11, and hit that absolute must-need bomb. That answer, my goodness, we don't win the ball game without Justin Voskey. Uh, Rowdy Jordan, 2 for 9. 
Dustin Skelton two for eight, Gunnar Halter one for eight, Marshall Gilbert three for nine. And so limited schedule last week and uh, abbreviated ball games and then a couple of really good pitching duels. And so as a result, your ABs are down, so your numbers are down. Uh, so Mangum, obviously the hottest, and then Justin Foskey. And the thing about Justin Foskey and talking to other people about him, there are a lot of people not just associated with Mississippi State baseball, but followers of college baseball, people that are very familiar with our league, that say Justin Foscu will be a superstar in this league next year. He's already got 13 home runs now. And you begin to think about, you know, the landscape and then the way that, that he will jump. Look at what he's done now that he's playing every day. You know, he platooned a little bit last year. Uh, Foscu had a few more starts than Westberg did. But, uh, you know, I don't know that Foscu stays at second. I asked him about that in post game. He'll be at second the rest of this year. Could make a, uh, a return to third in the fall. We'll see. But when you look at what he is doing with the bat right now and how he has consistently been able to hit SEC pitching with power and think about what he's going to do with another year in the weight room, another year in the lab, another year under Jay Gotro, and you begin to think, okay, this, this could be a 20-home run guy next year. And we're running out of games this year to do that. But you begin to realize, you know what, that this is an opportunity to have a another bona fide star in the middle of that order. And Westberg has been a, bit, a little bit up and down. He had a rough weekend. And uh, that's kind of life in times of being a two-hole hitter, too. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of the deal. You know, that they're going to they're gonna come right at you and challenge you because they don't want to face the three- and four-hole hitters. And Tanner Allen, listen, with all, any time that we're going to see a bunch of left-handers, it's going to be a tough weekend for Tanner, okay? And that, that's not being critical of Tanner, but, uh, you know, he is a true left-handed hitter, and he's going to have to always deal with that breaking ball away. But uh, I'm eager to see how he matches up with Ole Miss this weekend. I think, I think, I think he's due for a big weekend. Really do for a big weekend, and uh, you know, Magnum is you know he's been in a protective boot now for a couple of weeks. I don't know when, you know when he'll be completely healthy, but I know that he's out there giving his best effort, and uh, you know, kind of playing through some pain right now. But uh, I, I'm I'm okay. I was on Bo Balanchier earlier day, and he asked me, you know, how concerned should Mississippi State fans be, you know, with the fact that you know two, three, and four only managed two hits. I mean, you, you run the numbers there, uh, two for twenty-eight on the weekend. And uh, you're not going to win a lot of games when your two, three, and four hitters combine for two hits and three ball games. But the good news is, is you got good enough pitching to kind of keep the game there, and then you've got some other guys that kind of pick you up. But uh, State's going to have to hit the baseball better. Now, when you look at Ole Miss, and we're going to look at them a lot more as we get deeper into the week, uh, we'll, we'll preview Memphis on uh, on Wednesday and probably get in a couple other things. But uh, we'll preview Ole Miss on Friday. But when you get into them, they don't have the elite pitching that, say, an A&M or a Georgia does. And State's 5-6 and six in the last six against those teams. So I expect the Mississippi State offense to be pretty good this weekend. Now, Ole Miss has also shown, especially in their own ballpark, that they can be a very productive offense. That they're they're having to kind of outscore people because of the fact that they're just they don't have that true shutdown pitcher. And every so often they'll put it together. But I think this Mississippi State lineup is going to have the ability to go in there and score some runs. And so when you begin to think about okay Friday, you always want to win game one. But with Ethan Small, with him being a left-hander, if you win that first one, 
that puts so much more pressure on them. And I mean, when you begin to think about JT again facing them, there's some left-handers there. That Saturday game, just because of the fact that you know Ole Miss has some left-handed sticks, you know those lineups are the ones that have kind of given JT a little bit of trouble. You know, LSU hit him some, Arkansas hit him a little bit, uh, but he pitched well enough to win against Arkansas. And so I'm sure he is beginning to kind of get accustomed to facing a lot of his left-handed hitters. But Ole Miss is going to stack uh, the lineup, you know, with those left-handed hitters, and that kind of negates some of that big sweeping action of that slider from Ginn. And so that's the ball game there. You really that thing we've really got to watch. But the way that JT has pitched last couple weekends, I feel pretty confident about him going out there. And then we know what Peyton can do when Peyton is on. When Peyton is throwing strikes, lowering the zone, he's going to get a lot of balls put in play. Sometimes those ground balls are going to get through, but more times than not, it's going to be a ground ball somewhere, and uh, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. And that also kind of prevents a lot of extra base hits. And so excited about the weekend business to attend to before we get there and that's taking care of memphis and so what what the memphis thing does for us really and it really kind of comes when you begin to think about old miss not having a midweek game but the good thing is for state you only threw four pitchers over the weekend there are some guys in that bullpen that need to get some work you know keegan james has thrown uh, one inning the last two weeks and so he should be well rested and so hopefully he can go and and give you a few innings on wednesday but there are some other guys that we have not seen in some time. And so hopefully we can get Keegan through the order a couple times. Maybe he gives you four or five innings, and then you can kind of Johnny Holstaff this thing together. You know, Memphis wins uh, this weekend, this past weekend, so they're not going to come in here and just take BP and call it a day. Now they're going to come in here looking to win a ball game. And so uh, Keegan is a guy that, that, that obviously can match up pretty well with them. And when, when Keegan is another guy, when, he is, when he's got that two-seamer running, and he can go up there and really attack hitters and get them to beat the ball on the ground. It's kind of the same situation. You know, he, he is a guy, because he is so physically imposing out there, he gets on top of the ball and he gets a good sink. And so when, when he's doing well, he's a ground ball machine as well. But we need him to go out there and have a good outing because it's about kind of finding a four-starter. We're going to need that guy in the SEC tournament. We're going to need him in postseason. And there's so many times, I know as fans, you always want to ride the hot hand, but in these midweek games, we've got to develop some depth. You've got to get work for guys. Because at some point, you know, we're going to need Tyler Spring to go out there and get an out for us. You know, at some point, you know, we're going to need Colby White to go out there and get us three outs. You know, we had talked about Cole Gordon. There was some discussion about Cole Gordon transitioning back into a starting role when the state was kind of searching for that third starter. And uh, about him possibly being a long reliever or going back out there and starting again. And then uh, Peyton Plumley has stepped up. And, and so now Cole is kind of transitioning back to the back end of that bullpen. Uh, but it's been a while since he's pitched a lot of innings. And so I, I would expect to see him on Wednesday. And so people need to go ahead and be prepared because I'm, I'm already ready for the tweets, okay? Because I love you guys, but some of your takes on baseball are not very good. But you get into Wednesday, you've got to get some work for some of these guys. And I know what will happen. Somebody will be like, well, I don't understand why we spent so many pitchers. You know what? They'll still be available this weekend if they only throw one or two innings. Nobody is going to be eliminated from pitching this weekend because they threw an inning or two on Wednesday. It's just not how it works. These kids are a lot more resilient than that, especially considering most of them have had you know, a week to ten days off. We didn't have a midweek game last week, so everybody should be fresh. And that, that's one of those things in a schedule you look at and you think this is a really good deal for us. The next part of that deal is next week you've got that Tuesday 
game against Louisiana Tech, you come back and you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday with South Carolina. And so that's going to be a difficult game coming off of this Ole Miss thing. But you're going to factor that together. That's a lot of baseball in a short amount of time. And so we're going to need to get these guys some work because they're going to be pitching some against SEC. You know, I, I, I don't expect Ethan Small and, and JT Ginn and uh, Peyton Plumlee to go, you know, seven, eight innings in these SEC games week to week, especially going back to South Carolina with short rest and coming back home to play South Carolina. That's going to be the last series of the year, but uh, we can't afford to just go in there and say, okay, let's just, you know, call it a day and lob some BP in here and, and uh, we'll win just because we're Mississippi State. That, that, that's not going to happen. Uh, so that'll be big on Wednesday, getting Keegan back on the mound. I know he is eager to go. He was eager to go on Thursday, and uh, I, I spoke with some guys close to our, our, our baseball program. You know, as we got in there on Thursday, we had the rain delay, and uh, I'm like, hey, if this thing is washed out and we come back tomorrow, do we go with small? And it's yeah, if we get to Friday, we'll go ahead and go with small. And uh, I said, you know, I said, well, what about Keegan? I said, well, we'll kind of play it by ear. And then uh, when you get when they decided not to play two on Friday, then I think that kind of opened the door up for Plumlee to come back and pitch on Saturday. And uh, so it works. It worked well. You got great pitching. And uh, you, you won a series when maybe the offense wasn't clicking. And uh, that, that's to be expected on the road. But the bottom line is you win the series, and now you're in a great position now to begin to think about that top eight national seed. And we talked about again – how well we needed to close down the stretch. State is taking care of business. Yes, we missed that one ball game in the middle again, but State's taking care of business. Now we get ready to go play this rivalry game, and uh, it's going to be big. It's as simple as that. We all know they're they're playing for the same things we're playing for, okay? Now, Ole Miss was in a similar situation last year, and they got hot lately. They played their way into a top eight national seed last year. If people forget they won the SEC tournament last year. And I know if you're on Twitter, you, you can never forget that because they remind you at every instance. But this is a Ole Miss team, despite some of their midweek and some of the, some of their SEC losses have been have been a little bit surprising. But this is a team that is very capable of beating Mississippi State. We're going to have to bring our best effort. The intensity level there is going to be something that we probably haven't seen in a while. But it's difficult to play on the road. And this is a group that uh, has a lot to play for. And listen, they've been criticized. They, they have been. And they're going to have a lot of confidence, though, coming in. They'll also be well rested not having played a midweek game this week. So we'll come into that thing expecting to win the series. Uh, I know that our fans get all caught up and think, man, we've got to go sweep them. We've got to go sweep them. And, man, that would be great because if you sweep them, I think that pretty much go ahead and locks up and guarantees the, uh, the top eight national seed because Ole Miss still a very decent RPI team. Uh, but the, bo- the bottom line, though, is that, uh, that this is going to be what we usually expect, a very, very intense series. State has the better front-line pitching. The offenses are comparable. Uh, I think Mississippi State puts the ball in play a little bit better than they do. But uh, but the thing about Ole Miss that impresses me is just how resilient they have been. And uh, how many teams do you know with two outs in the ninth inning could give up six runs on the road in a tie and then come back in the next half inning and have the fire in themselves to go put the game away. Scored four runs in the top of ten. That impressed me. I don't know about you. I know I know it's not it's it's uh it's unpopular to to, uh, to credit the other guys, but I'll tell you I I was impressed with what I saw from Ole Miss 
in that LSU Sunday game. Didn't get the chance to see a lot of college baseball because I was in, in uh, College Station. But I'll tell you, I drove all the way back, drove through the night to get back on Saturday so I could be home and spend a little time with the family and then watch some college baseball. And then ended up falling asleep during the game. And uh, <laughs> But uh, woke up and, and uh, you know, things have changed. But um, Ole Miss is a good baseball team. And watching them yesterday, the bottom third of that order – is very capable of getting hits. I mean, they, you know, their stars didn't do a whole lot yesterday. But the bottom half of that order did. And so you're not going to be able to take it bats off. You're not going to be able to just go up there and, and say, okay, if we can just get through this half inning, we're going to be good. They're a lot like Mississippi State that there just aren't a lot of automatic outs in that, in that order. It's just not. And that's one of the things I think that's made Mississippi State so good this year is is that you can't just pitch around people and hope to get to the back third, even though at times eight and nine hadn't always been what we hoped it would be. But uh, we're excited, and we'll get into this later in the week. Uh, hate that I'm not going to be there. Absolutely hate it, but it is the reality. That's just kind of how things are. But uh, you need to go if you can, because I think Mississippi State is going to go up there and really make a statement. I think we're going to go up there and win that series. And I think that uh, – the national pundits that have kind of – and Ole Miss gets a ton of preseason praise. And I, I tweeted about that this summer, and people got really upset about it when I said let the annual overhyping begin. Uh, but this is a good Ole Miss team. But I think there are a lot of people out there that think, well, you know, Ole Miss has kind of played their way out of possibly being a host site, a lot of people projecting them as a number two somewhere. Well, if they win these last two series, they've played their, well, their way right back into that discussion. So they're going to come out ready to play against Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, and so when we get back on Friday, we'll talk about a little bit on Wednesday. When we get back on Friday, we'll get into the full bona fide preview on Wednesday. I'll go ahead and set up that Memphis game for you. And, again, some other things we'll get into. Uh, but the bottom line is the nitty-gritty is here. Mississippi State now eight regular season games left. Eight. As long and fun as the season has been, it's nearly over. Go ahead and make your plans to attend. We've only got a couple more weekends left to watch college baseball at Duty Noble Field. If you hadn't been yet, try to get here for that South Carolina series. But, again, eight, eight games left. I think if I had to call it today, I'm going to call State going 6-2 and two down the stretch. 6-2. and two. I think State will win both series and the non-conference. That, that's, if, I had, if I had to call it today, that's what I'm calling. Mississippi State currently 38-10. and 10. They go six and two. That makes them forty-four and twelve heading to the regional. Got a real chance to hit fifty wins this year. Real chance uh, to do that and have a special year. And so, while I don't think that we'll get to hang an SEC banner this year because we're now thir- three games behind Vanderbilt with six to play, I would take Mississippi State over Vanderbilt right now. Right now, we'll go play best two out of three right now, and I think State wins that series. But uh, maybe we'll get that opportunity down the road. Maybe we, maybe we meet up at Omaha. Uh, but we'll see how that bracket looks. But State right now, uh, right there with Georgia, you know, right there, Georgia, Ole Miss, all kind of locked in there together. We'll have some things to kind of knock out here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, eight games left, and I think, again, I think State will take care of their end of it, and then we'll see where the chips fall. But uh, Mississippi State, a lot left to play for, for sure. And I think Oregon State losing and kind of dropping out kind of may open the door for a fourth SEC top eight national seed. I think there's there's a possibility now you could get Vanderbilt, Georgia, Arkansas, and Mississippi State in there. 
but I like our schedule. I like how things kind of finish up here. I, I would prefer Vandy's schedule, but the bottom line is there's some other teams out there that are going to beat each other up and allow the traffic to clear a little bit, and I think Mississippi State's in a good position. But first things first, let's go take care of Memphis, and then we'll hit the road to Oxford and see if we can go take care of those guys up there. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for your patronage and support of the Boneyard all these many years. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.